Hey there, before we jump into today's episode, I want to make sure that you know about three pretty cool changes I've made to my two signature e-courses, Marriage Methods for Women in Difficult Marriages and Heartbreak to Hope for Women Who Are Separated or Divorced. Change number one, you can now pay whatever you can afford for either of these courses. I don't want money to get in the way of your healing. Change number two, you can now decide between receiving the content weekly for 12 weeks or in a guidebook PDF upon purchase. And change number three, if you have a friend or family member in your life who is in a difficult marriage or going through a divorce, you can now give either of these courses as a gift. See, I told you these were cool changes. Check the links in the show notes to order today. Hey, sweet ones. Welcome to a very special episode of the All That To Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff. A, because I've been through a lot of it. B, because most of you have too. And C, because I really believe that we have a loving God who heals us and our children. Today, I am so happy to welcome back my very special guest, my son, Jack. Hello. Hey there. Jack is 24 years old. He loves the Lord. He is a great son and brother. He has a sweet girlfriend. He's lived on his own for two years now and is transitioning to a new job. If you haven't yet listened to the first part of our conversation from last week, you're going to want to press pause and go do that right now. So in addition to answering some of my burning questions, we're also tackling listener questions, and they have been so good. So ready to jump back in? I am ready. Okay. So we are like so jumping back in. First of all, I'm going to say this quick little story before I ask this question. We were having one of our weekly Wednesday night before youth group dinners. We were out at a restaurant, and it was a restaurant that had a TV. And a commercial came on for, it was either Christian Mingle or eHarmony, probably eHarmony. And you said to me, uh, hey, mom, when are you going to start dating? And I'm like, um, finish your hamburger and stop talking to me. <laughs> I'm like, never. Don't want to talk about it. Ew. So that leads us to this question. Do you want to share how it felt when I actually started dating? I think it was a very interesting time. Because up until that point, all I had ever known was my dad. And so it was very weird to see someone else Mm. with my mom. Um, It takes a lot to get used to. Um, I think, fortunately, at that point when you started dating, I was, I want to say 16, maybe? 15, 16? 16. But more so with... Would have been your junior year? With Richard, yeah. junior year of high, of high school. Yeah. I think at that point I was more aware of what was happening. And so I think I I adjusted... I think I adjusted well. Um, I think it really depends on your child. I think every everyone's going to handle it differently. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was... I think going back to the first thing I said... I think it was just a little weird because all I had ever known was my dad. And so I wasn't quite used to it at that time. And we had three years of it just being the three of us. Yes, that too. Yeah. Um, And Richard was the only guy I introduced you and Sarah to. Not that they were. There were only four other first dates, um, but he was the only one. And do you remember when you first met him, why he had to 
it was before he, I was going to introduce you. Do you remember what happened? He came to fix something, I think. He had, we had gone out on a date and we came, he dropped me off and I walk in and you're both looking at me like, we don't know how to make the smoke alarm stop. It had been going on oh. for a while and it was like 12 foot ceiling. Mm. So I texted him, can you come back? And I'm like, okay, well, I guess you're meeting my kids already. Yep. Anyway. Okay. Um, how did it feel when we got married? You would have been a senior in high school. Senior in high school. Um, I think that was a very interesting time as well because at that point it was just you and me in the house yeah. and Sarah had gone to college. That was her first year. Yeah. So it was just you and me. And then I can't remember when he like moved in, moved in. Well, it would have been, so we got married in May. She would have gone away to college in August. So we kind of had the summer. But remember, the first year and a half of us being married, he didn't officially move in because mm. he was going back and forth and hadn't transferred yet. Yeah. So there were, it was still kind of like we were dating. Yeah. At first. Yeah. I don't remember too much of, like, honestly, sometimes I forget that there was that, that season or seasons of that long distance stuff. So. Yeah. Like, I... Like my girlfriend and I, we live 40 minutes apart, so I, I understand some of it, but I think you guys had it a little more extreme than we do. Yeah. So yeah. overall, weird. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sum that up with weird. Um, okay. Listener question. What were some challenges you faced when you gained a stepdad? I think one of the biggest things is defining the word love with someone who is completely new in your life and especially at that that fatherly figure yeah. um i think that took quite some time because you know, it's not it's not automatic for for kids with a new dad so i think it just took just i think it just takes time to get used to that um there i didn't see many honestly i didn't i didn't and still don't see many challenges I think because we get along so well. Yeah. I think sports has been a very big bonding for us. Yeah. Because um, I remember when either when you two were dating or like just the very early parts of marriage, I remember us going golfing all the time because I golfed my senior year of high school, Yeah. which was around the time when all this was happening. Um, and so that's one of the ways that we bonded was just going golfing. Um, sports was a big thing. And he played basketball. Ba he played basketball with us. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think the spiritual side of things is also a big bonding point for us as well. Yeah. Well, that makes me happy to hear that stuff. Um, okay. So now we're, we've been married for seven years. Um, you know, you weren't, I wouldn't tell you um, like all of the hard things of the first say three or four years with all of, you know, we're, we have a blended family. There are five kids between Richard and me and all of them at this point are either married or engaged or have a girlfriend, which means there are, we basically have 10 young adult children. So that's a lot of potential drama. And um, there was a lot of things that happened in the first several years that were pretty rough. But now I just feel like we're at a steady, calmer place but that's my view. Mm. How, you know, looking at my marriage with Richard now, what would you like, what's your, 
how do you feel about me being married to another man now? Is weird still the word? No, it's, it's not <laughs> okay. weird at all. Okay. I'm very much used to it at this point. Okay. Um, I think even now that I live alone, I'm out of the house. I feel like that's also been, and I mean, I think people can see it a couple different ways, but I feel like it's been beneficial for me to kind of grow my own relationships, which then in turn mm -hmm. helps grow current things that are going on as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm very used to it now. I think the, the blended families is a little tough only because we all live in, we're all separate. So we're all, far. we're all separate from each other. So we actually just had a, a family vacation in July and it's just really hard to get everyone's schedules to line up for three to four, three to four days in a row. Yeah. And so I think that has played a factor into it not being perfect. I mean, it's never going to be perfect. Um, but I think that has been one of the challenges and probably will always be a challenge, especially as we're all getting older and we're all out of the house and doing our own thing Yeah, is that we're all just so far apart and, and we're all adults. And so trying to get everyone together is always going to be hard. Yeah. I think that's, that's always going to be a challenge. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I have, um, been grateful to see is like you and Richard, having your own, you know, like that you will text him about stuff or mm -hmm. he'll text you and check in and that kind of a thing. That is not me like saying, check in Jack, you know, how is he doing? And he's, you know, he's reaching out on his own. Mm -hmm. And so seeing that you guys are getting to a place of you have your own thing. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Okay. So transitioning a little bit, um, a little bit more specific to you. Okay. So you go through college um, you're officially a young adult mm. or mid twenties. No. <laughs> Would you say mid twenties is like 24 and 26? Yeah. Yeah. Oh um, my goodness. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I know since it's kind of probably hard to, to describe like how it's felt for you, but how has the transition from say teenager to young adults? Like what did it feel like to go off to college? What did it feel like to get your own apartment and, like, how is your life? How are you handling it? Mm -hmm. um, going into college was really tough because much like my dad, it was all I had ever known at that point was being at home. And yeah. we kind of lived in a smaller-ish town. And so yeah. we lived in the same place or the same area yeah. all of my life growing up. And so I knew my area and I didn't know anything really outside of that. And I think that was... I think that was hard for me because I wasn't able to, and it's nothing against you or dad or anything like that. I think it was just for me, it was hard to adjust to college that first year. I think after the first, like after the first semester, things got a lot better and I stopped coming home all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the college that I went to Olivet Nazarene university was such a great college yeah. and I was deciding between like a one or two other colleges that when I was trying to pick and I'm, I feel like that I made the right choice with all of that. Yeah. And I think the people there, the things that I did there, like the activities, the things I got, that I got involved in. Um, I think that all helped with my growth as a person tremendously. Um, and 
And then COVID hit my senior year of college, which was insane. Yes. So I was able to finish my senior year internship at college. Then I came home, nothing to do. Yeah. And I think that really declined me mentally and honestly, spiritually as well. And so now that we're on the upslope again out of COVID, my spiritual life is a lot better. My relationships with other people is a lot better. My work life has been really hard for the last, well, really hard for the last probably two to three months. But over over this year, 2022, my job life has been really hard. Um, Just trying to figure things out as well with know what I want to do with my life yeah um but I feel like I went way too far no it's totally fine um okay so we'll we'll jump to that in a little bit but before we like go too far do you have any advice for moms who you know probably in the past couple weeks have literally let their kids go possibly for the first Mm, time yeah um, to college, because college just started. Yeah, or school military, started. or they, you know, got an apartment or whatever. Um, I watched a movie right around the time that you were, I don't know, maybe a so- freshman or sophomore, and um, it was about a woman who was letting her son go to college, and she struck up a friendship with a guy in like his thirties, and she was having such a hard time letting her son go. And she asked this guy, what did you need from your mother? Like when you left home from the first time. And his answer was now granted, this is just a movie, but it really stuck with me. His answer was, I needed her to not need anything from me. And I'm like, Mm. Whoa. Okay. So being someone who has left and who has, you know, had a mom who had a really hard time letting you go. And still can. What is your advice to moms who are doing this for the first time? Um, You won't hurt my feelings. I don't know if I have great advice. So I think the first thing that comes to mind, and I actually mentioned this in the first episode, was trusting that what you have taught your kids is Uh, is good enough. Well, not maybe. I don't know if good enough is the right word or or. Yeah. Way to phrase it. We'll carry them on. We'll carry them on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that. I think always being, I think about full house and how I think it was DJ who would always say the doors are always open when people would knock. And so I think knowing that with you and Richard, that your door is always open. If I ever wanted to come over, I think that's been, and even like when I was in college, like I knew that I could come home pretty much at any weekend as long as I, you know, asked if it was a good time. Yeah. That we'd be um, there or whatever. Be there. <laughs> yeah. So right. I think that was always mm. helpful for me is knowing that you weren't like, like as much as you're letting go, you still were, the door was still open if I yeah. ever wanted to come back. Yeah. But I don't know if it was also not beneficial that it was always open. And mm. so kind of keeping yeah. it closed for times I think is also maybe a good advice point is that your kids have to learn at some point to live on their own. I think college is such a, I think after high school is such a big time for that. Yeah. And so I think kind of blending those two worlds together, together of 
my door is always open, but you should probably ask if, yeah. so I think that also builds character of like, not just walking into any situation, but asking if, you know, being polite, asking if you can come back. Yeah. Sort of thing. That's good. That's really good. Um, okay. You kind of were talking about this, but so you've been on your own now for two years, you've had various jobs. Um, how, like, how do you feel about your life right now? You are, yeah. What's, what's it like to be 24? <laughs> Feels weird. I, is, I, is weird the, <laughs> I don't like knowing that I'm going to be 25 the next birthday. Cause that just Not makes till next June. I know, but the next, <laughs> the next birthday that I have coming up, I'll be 25, which makes no sense to me. Um, I don't know how this happened. Um, I don't either. Honey. I think the last two years have really flown by. I think COVID played a factor in that as well. Yeah. Um, I think the whole, this past year of searching for jobs has kind of flown by as well, but has also been really challenging and, and difficult. Um, I've been, I think in, in the last year and even the last, like, yeah, I'd say the last year I've been really working on planning things for myself to do, whether that is small groups for church, hanging out with friends, because I live alone, so I don't have a roommate. Um, and all of my friends are either who have graduated college, they're all in a different place. Like the closest friend I have currently to where I'm at from college is 30 minutes away. Yeah. And he's got a full-time job. I'm about to have a full-time job. And so seeing each other is going to be really hard. We only see each other maybe like once a month anyways. So, um, I think the lack of friends has been really hard. And so I've been working on building that. And I think church has been a very great outlet for that. Um, so I think just having things to do, especially living alone or being on my own for the first couple of years has been very beneficial to me. Yeah. Do you like living on your own? I, it gets very lonely sometimes, especially cause I work remotely. Oh, and yeah. so that's going to, that's going to change in, in a week. But yeah, um, I think that's been one of the hardest things is there's no one to talk to for eight hours a day, 10 hours a day. So right. that's why like I'll play video games with friends from college, like once every three or four days kind of thing, just to kind of catch up and yeah. talk. Yeah. I've also been, I've been so impressed, especially it feels like the past, I don't know, six to 12 months, how proactive you have been with either joining or trying to start groups, mm -hmm. um, and getting connected. So that's been really good to see that. Um, okay. What do you think? I'm jumping around the questions. What is the most challenging thing about being 24 and what's, what are some of the best things? Probably what's challenging is where I'm, where most people are at, at 24. Mm -hmm. And like the whole life stage of whether it's being in a relationship or careers or thinking about marriage and kids and like how that's coming up. And it's like, where's the time gone? Like, I feel like I was just in high school mm -hmm. playing basketball or golfing and just, you know, not a care in the world about what was going on. And now you're an adult. To now being an adult. And I have to think about like, 
bills and stuff like that. <laughs> yes. And, and, and keeping myself alive and fed every day. Yes. Um, which you have, which I have every yeah. day up till now you have done it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think just this, the stage of life that I'm in right now has been challenging because not challenging in a bad way, but challenging in like, this is where I'm at. This is what's happening. Yeah. Relationships, marriage, careers, like this is, this is what's going on in my life right now. And yeah. just kind of trying to adapt to all of it yeah. as it comes. Um, so is that both the challenging and the good things is like, are you excited for like the next Yes, I would things. say so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so a couple listener questions. <laughs> do you want to get married someday? I do. Well, how about that? Okay. Do you think your generation has respect for marriage, or do you think your generation looks down on marriage? She said, I'm just curious how it may have changed over the years. And we actually talked about this before we, we started this episode, and I feel that as a person born in 1998, I think the late 90s is the last decent generation in terms of respect in general, and I think marriage in general. And I'm I'm not the all-seeing eye on on this one, so there <laughs> there definitely are, you know, good people out there in their and they're in the 2000s kids. Um, <laughs> but I feel like the word respect was such a big thing mm. back when my parents were kids growing up. I think that was huge for them. And I think, I think mid twenties people are mid to late twenties are probably the last good generation. I think there's, it's a mix for sure, but I think the last solid generation of respect for marriage. And I think, it's just, it's just barely holding on. Yeah. It, sometimes I look around and like, I'm just so like frustrated with what's happening with, with things and how yeah. like the divorce rates at 50% and like, that's, that's always going to be tough. And I hope it never gets more than where it's at right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think my generation is one of, well, at the same time, it's also, if your parents were raised right, and they most likely raise their kids right. And so um, I think it's also that plays into it as well. Yeah. But there's also the weird, like, holding in both hands that uh, in our specific situ situation, I tried to do everything I could to raise you right. And you also are still a child of divorce. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. This is... A I feel like you may have touched a little bit on this in the first episode, but um, if you want to go more or deeper, if you have other thoughts, listener question, what did you learn about relationships through your parents' hard marriage and their divorce? And then she kind of goes on to say, for instance, or more specifically, like, what are you doing differently in dating or plan to do differently in your marriage? Um... I think one of the things that I took away from all of it with my mom and my dad was the fighting aspect of things. And we kind of touched on it in the first episode and something that I have already gone through in my dating life is having hard conversations and yeah. how to handle that correctly and not have it be a screaming match, which we, I never have yeah. yet. Hopefully I don't, but yeah. um, 
what I am hoping to do differently is not even just with my, my parents' marriage, but also the statistic of 50% of marriages ending in divorce. Like I want to be on the good side of that and yeah. not have that happen to, to me. And so yeah. doing everything in my power and my girlfriend doing everything in her power with, and I love this sentence, but like with and through God, yes, um, getting through these hard conversations together with and through God and just making that our foundation together. Yes. Oh, I hope I'm hearing some amens on the other side of Amen. that lady. Um, okay. So why don't you share with the listeners what you do to grow spiritually and like what you do to take care of yourself physically, emotionally, relationally hmm. as a 24 year old? Um, I'll be honest. I think you're a rare specimen hmm. and I say that I know I'm biased, but I mean, you're like doing the things, honey. Thanks. And I'm really proud of you, but tell them what you do. Um, I think what has been beneficial to me and I may have overdone it spiritually is that, well, I don't think you ever can, <laughs> but I have three small groups that I'm in right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one on Saturday morning with a men's group. So it's like thirties through seventies guys. I love that. Um, I have a, and then I have two young adults groups that I'm in as well. Um, I'm actually may end up having to drop the men's group and one of the young adults groups. Cause I'm going to transfer over to my girlfriend's church full time. Um, so my home church has those two groups that I'm going to probably have to drop in the near future. Um, I think having a morning devotional or just a devotional in general has been very beneficial to me. Um, I've had the honor and privilege of having a great community at my girlfriend's church where there's people who are so willing to help me out in my walk and my faith mm. who have recommended books for me to read. Actually my morning devotional is a book that was given to me by my girlfriend's worship pastor and my girlfriend's dad also recommended it. Love it. Um, Can you share what the book is? It is new morning mercies by, um, I think it's David Paul Tripp. Um, that has been very beneficial to me. And it's a devotional for every day um, that I'll definitely go back through, like January through December. Nice. Um, physically, I haven't done a great job of this, but I, during the summer, I was, during the summer and the spring, I was going to the gym probably two to four times a week. Um, now that I've canceled the membership, I'm, working on running at home in the neighborhood. I did it the first day and I haven't done it since in the last week and a half of starting it. So something I got to work on as well. Um, emotionally and mentally, I think just being out and about, especially because I work from home, it's been really challenging to not see people all the time. And so I think just having friends that are nearby or church friends that are nearby that are so willing to get together has been very beneficial to me emotionally and mentally. Cause I'm able to talk to them about anything and um, just have, just have really good friends. Yeah. Um, I think relationally. Um, so the question like, what do I do to, 
to take care of myself relationally. Yeah. Um, I think it goes back to, I think the consistency of seeing people has been very beneficial to me. Yeah. Cause like if I were to see my small group once a month, I think that'd be very challenging. So the fact that I have three to three to five things every single week that are consistent. Wow. Yeah. That's really good. That has been very beneficial to me emotionally, mentally, even spiritually and relationally. Do you consider yourself an introvert or extrovert? Probably an introvert. I think it depends on the environment, but I probably lean like 70, 30 introvert. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, are there any last words you'd like to share to the listening <clears throat> audience about anything at all? Um, I don't think I have any last words, but something that my mom and I have talked about is the idea of having like a third episode where it's more listener questions. And I'm, I'm open to doing that. Um, I would love to get my sister on here and we do one, the both of us as well. I think that'd be interesting as well. So I'm always open to listener questions. And when we first brought this up, there was maybe one or two. And then when we were (laughs) preparing for today, there was like 10. So (laughs) yeah, it's, it's good to know that that people have questions for me and for us. And so I'm I'm grateful that I'm able to help people out. I know it's, I'm only one person, so I don't have all the answers, but it's so good, especially for the moms out there who have teenage children, young adult children, sons to get a perspective. Mm -hmm. So I'm so, so grateful that you came on. So thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. Um, okay, girls, I've created a bunch of resources. I'll list them in the show notes. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast, rate it, share it, review it. Um, and all that means so much to me. Um, and sweet ones, all that to say, you are the unconditionally beloved daughter and son of God. And he is so delighted with you. You came into this world and you start each day already completely loved with no other loves to beg for and nothing to prove to anyone. Thank you, Jack. You're welcome. Till next time. So, so much love.